You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. To reflect on whatever happened in your life and just take action. No, and sometimes you get stopped in the reflection, no, and you don't do the action. So that that helps me. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, today joined by three special guests. And before I introduce two of them to you, who I'll just give you a clue, they've never been on the Conversations Podcast before, so it's super exciting. But I want to queue up Lead Pastor Jose Averroa, who's with us first, to kind of introduce us to the two special guests, as well as unpack a little bit of your thoughts, Jose, as you kind of began to dive into the message from this past Sunday. Yeah, so we talked about Cypress Creek Cares, and we've always been a church that has cared for our community. We've cared for our global missions partners. We've really been uh, a church from the beginning that has been more interested about uh, moving out rather than what's going on in within. And not only that, but that's what God has called us in his great commandments and great commission. So Cypress Creek Cares came about actually last semester when we talked about kingdom culture and how the church needs to be that hope in the local community and how God starts from the inside and then uh, influences outward rather than top down. So yeah, that's a little bit about the message. We talked about the Good Samaritan and I, if you notice a little bit of excitement in my voice, that's because I am with some of my favorite people in the world. There's my wife and my kids. And then these two are right after that. I'm with my mother and my mother-in-law, Susan and Esperanza, who are the most compassionate people that I know. And so I can't wait to hear and learn from them on how to be compassionate. Welcome, welcome. It's great to have y'all ladies. Uh, I'd love to kind of start with a question about uh, a little bit of your background. Maybe I know both of y'all are heavily involved in the community, but just in little different ways. And so I'd love if each of you just took a quick little minute and just shared with people just maybe uh, not only what are some of the needs you found, but maybe how you got in the role that you're in today. I think the flood was my first major immersement into helping the community. And after that, then I got kind of involved with helping a neighborhood, which I really love. (laughs) Good. Well, thank you for having me. I started in my young age. Now with my mom, she took me to the juvenile centers in Mexico City. And um, she taught me how to do it and how to have compassion with those guys and girls. Mm -hmm. No, it was boys and girls. And um, how to, to help them and how to open my heart. And then, Mom, you took us to the Orange Groves in Florida, where you started an organization, which, by the way, let me, before I continue on, I just love that both of y'all do so much without any sort of recognition, any sort of, you know, desire for anybody to know. And that has blessed me. But also, it blesses me that y'all said yes to recording this, (laughs) where it's a little bit more out in public. Um, But yeah, mom, when we did Amigos de Mexico, Mexico. 
was the name of the organization. Can you tell us a little bit more about what, what we did? There? Yeah, well, it was an um, Amigos de Mexico was an organization in Miami, Florida, and we helped the immigrants, the people who worked the land, who just picked tomatoes, oranges, and everything in, in Florida. And uh, we, have to, we helped them just to have a better life and try just to, to fill their needs in a good way. And uh, this was in, in contact with the Mexican consulate. So also we took care of uh, traditions and stuff just to make, make them have a better life in Florida. And obviously because they were alone. No, so, yep, we help them in all the way. And you're and, helping them here then, now. Yeah, and now I'm helping here in uh, Wimberley in Amigos de Jesus. <laughs> and that is a nice organization, beautiful organization that helps the underserved, the Hispanic and underserved people here in Wimberley. So as you can tell, I mean, I'm like an eighth compassionate of what both of y'all are, without a doubt. But Susan, I'll never forget uh, watching you turn from this sweet, quiet, you know, kind, you still are all of those things, but when there is a need, you become intense and you make sure that that person is taken care of. Just last week, we had somebody uh, come into the church office with a need and just so happened that you were there and it was awesome watching you care for that person and, and meet that need, so. Okay, I can go on and on. Taylor, go ahead and ask questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll take it from here. Uh, I'd love to kind of first touch on maybe what is something, some way that y'all would encourage someone that's on the sidelines, they they hear these two professionals, which y'all would never call yourself that, but, and Jose, I'll include you in this too, but what are maybe some ways in which people would listen to this or listen to the message on Sunday and say, yeah, that sounds good, but, but I'm not a professional and I want to let the professionals deal with it. I'll stay on the sidelines. I don't need to help. I, I just can't do it or I can't do it as well as they can. And so what are maybe some ways of encouragement that you would give to someone that's maybe just kind of on the fence about helping or maybe just using that as an excuse? Well, um, I think we are all capable no, to be compassion. And um, we need to find out in our hearts no, that we have it and, um, and we'll get empathy no, first. I think that's the most important thing, getting empathy. And then with the empathy, it comes the compassion. No, but everybody can do it. And uh, most of the time, we, can, we, we don't show it, the compassion, because we have a lot of burdens and the child burdens most of the time. And uh, if we don't have compassion for ourselves first, we cannot have compassion for others. Mm. So I think it started with ourselves, but everybody's mm. capable. And it's also a muscle that we need to, right. to develop and to just to... to Exercise. Strong, an exercise, yeah. yes. I think everybody's got skills to contribute to, skills, a skill set. It may just be, um, you may be able to drive somebody to a doctor or something. It doesn't, you don't have to be physically able to do work. You just find a need, meet a need. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's so good. I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about something, Jose, you mentioned yesterday in the message, which is compassion fatigue. So giving, 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 and then just running on empty or just kind of feeling like there's nothing left to give. And so uh, just for all three of y'all, as you are meeting needs throughout the day, throughout the week, uh, what are some ways in which you try to refuel or how can you kind of tell when you're kind of running on empty and kind of how do you how to continue to refuel so you can give to others? Sometimes I think you just need to um, take a step back and take a few minutes or even a day, a couple days, and just rest, mm -hmm. and then you can get back at it. Yeah, it's totally. I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, you have to be in peace and calm, 
no? Just to see mm-hmm. what are the needs outside also and what are your needs, no? So just just just, just look at you first, mm-hmm. no? And then you can go outside and do whatever you have to do. Mm-hmm. Mom, I know this about you and I'd love for you to share with others. What is the, um, what is your daily discipline when you get up and what do you do to help you refuel? Well, every single morning when I just open my eyes, I grab my phone and I open an app that I have in my phone and uh, listen for 15 minutes, uh, uh, God's word, and uh, just practice and put it in my heart, in my soul, mm-hmm. and in my, in my head too, no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just I started like that. So that's my, my, my fuel for the day. That's so good. So that's a shameless plug for the Abide app. (laughs) If you're looking for something to help you in the mornings, that is so great. And I love receiving those from you every once in a while um, and listening to them. The voice is very soothing. We don't have those type of voices um, meant for radio. But anyway, yeah, I think that the great commandment is in a perfect spot because we hear, love the Lord your God with all that you are and then love your neighbor as yourself. So the two commands are to love God and love your neighbor. But then there's this you know, segment that says, as yourself. And I really think it's hard when we try to love ourselves with our own self-love because God loves us the most. And so when we love him, what we're actually doing is we're opening up our eyes to see how God sees us and loves us. And when we see ourselves and love ourselves the way that God loves us, of course, we're gonna be able to love our neighbors. And so I think that is so key in a, in a, in a season and a culture where self-care and all of this is, is, you know, up in front. Yes. Caring for yourself is super important, but I think also being self-aware, meaning be aware of how God sees you and uh, love yourself that way. He created you exactly the way he wanted to create you. And he gave you a purpose, um, for such a time as this. So um, I think that's important to, to remember as well. Yeah, that's that's really good. Jose, I'd love to kind of start the question with you and then open up if, if y'all ladies have any other, uh, anything else to add, but uh, just this difference between caring and simply meeting needs, because I know that so much kind of this one of the things you talked about, Jose, was just, it's it's not just a checkbox, it's not just a, a task that we need to do, but, but what are ways in which we can actually have a heart that would care and, and have compassion the way that Jesus did? So when I think of meeting needs, I think of, um, yeah, checking off that box, maybe making it more of a task. And then when I think of caring, I think that's actually a heart condition. That's fostering a heart that cares. So in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the priest and the Levite are coming from doing their priestly duties, their tasks. They have done what God has called them to do in the temple, to glorify him, to worship him. And they're on their way from there and they miss, because they're not caring, they, they miss an opportunity to actually care for the one who is in need. And I think we need to make sure that we do that as well. So, I mean, as an example, I've seen both of you, yes, you have met needs. You've, you've done, there's a lot of tasks that, come with meeting those needs, but you've been consistent 
And because of your consistent, uh, of because you've been meeting needs consistently, you have cared for individuals. So these are people that look to both of y'all and trust you and call you and say, hey, I have a problem, I have a need. And now God's using you to actually care for them and, and they know that they can be known and loved by y'all. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm agree with that. No, it's a connection. Mm-hmm. Obviously the connection. No, you have to have a connection with yourself and then with the others. And, um, and I think that God, God is more important in this, no, because it's, we're doing through him, mm-hmm. no, not with us, it's through him. So mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. It's a privilege and an honor to get to serve. And a lot of times, you, like you said, you just have to stop and look outside and find the person that you are to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Get out. Yeah, Get out of yourself. No. Yeah, that's good too, because sometimes when we meet needs, we uh, really are meeting needs because we have needs. And so it becomes more about us helping than who we're actually called to help. And again, it's not a bad thing because meeting a need is satisfying. Mm -hmm. You feel important. You feel like you've made a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's in that consistency that I feel like is where we really harbor that heart, that care. Yeah, that's that's really good. Uh, my next question here would be, as I think through some of the excuses that I've thought of or that I know are kind of common that would prevent me or maybe others from, from caring and loving others, one may be just simply not knowing how, or at least that's how I've convinced myself, Jose. One of the things you mentioned in the five keys uh, to caring is the first one is being aware and that it's not about us, but it is about others. And so I know, ladies, for both of you, you no one just handed this to you. No one just said, okay, here is everyone in need. Go get them kind of thing. So uh, I don't think that's a realistic expectation, but that's something that we kind of hold on to sometimes. So what are maybe some some encouragement, some tips, just some ways in which people can can be more aware or maybe kind of fight through that, that kind of temptation just to just ignore the surroundings? Mm-hmm. Well, first reach, right? That's the first thing you have to reach in your community, in your family. Mm-hmm. Reach in your family—that is the closest, no, relationships. And then needing to uh, reach in the community and uh, just just see what is there, no, and open your eyes, open your heart, connect, and uh, yeah, you're gonna find something for you, no. And just being calm, what you said. If you are not calm, if you're not, if you don't have a pause in your life. No, for for uh, praying or for just just being with yourself a little bit. No, with God, you cannot see anything. No, because you're in a go go go, and that's 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 something that happened to this world. No, and we yeah. need pe- compassion people in this world. I think we can turn around this world having a lot of compassion. I think there's always um, ways to reach. Um, I mean, always needs to be met and. You can start with your, like Esperanza said, your family, your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Find a find an elderly neighbor in your neighborhood and just reach out and give them a phone call. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You mentioned something. Distractions. There are so many distractions. So many good distractions mm-hmm. that we tend to get on our way and again miss uh, the needs that are all over in our family and our communities. And so that's a huge deal is how to move past those distractions. How do you guys tend to move past your distractions? And Taylor, I'm reversing this question back to you as well. So I'm putting you in the hot seat. (laughs) 
Oh, well, shall I answer first if you want? Yeah. I'll well, you it. know what? I just find out that I just get distracted. And uh, my favorite thing just to get distracted is traveling. Mm. I love to travel. I love to travel. But that distracts me just to have that compassion with people. So mm-hmm. I ended traveling, mm. but doing something good while mm. I was traveling. Mm. So that is like, okay, it's a distraction, but I just connected my distraction to to to, to yeah. something good. Yeah. No. So sometimes distractions are good too if you just plug in in a good in a good way. No. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah distractions <laughs> out of the world. I think the thing for me that reconnect is reading a scripture mm-hmm. or worship music. Mm-hmm. Worship music to me connects me quick. Mm-hmm. That's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I can get distracted in the planning process. I think for me, just maybe my personality and who I am, I'll, I, when it comes to helping or caring for people, I'll bring out a whiteboard. I'll come up with a, a whole plan. I'll spend you know hours, if I could, just planning it out, but not actually doing anything and just trying to overthink about it. And so I think about the parable of the Good Samaritan and how it's on their way as they're walking, they encounter this man. And so instead of me trying to force something to happen or really kind of, it's, it's God's going to identify needs and, and people that are around us that need help uh, just as we're going and as we're living, as we're working, as we're driving, as we're however that looks. So I think for me, it actually looks like thinking a little less about it and just more action about it. And so mm-hmm. instead of just kind of in the planning process and actually just taking a simple step and, and trusting him with with the results on that. So I think that's kind of where... Can I say something? Yes, yes. Yeah, it just reminds me of something that I told Jose a long time ago. And I just uh, get in, the, in my life to a, a word that is reflection. Oh, that reflection. Reflection, that it's yeah. reflection, uh, you reflect on whatever happened in your life and just take action. No, and sometimes you get stuck in the reflection, no, and you don't do the action. So yeah. that that helps me just to joke. Preach, keep mom. Keep Preach, going. mom. Reflection. <laughs> reflection. <laughs> Come on. So you reflect first, and then you, and take, then the you action. take action. That's Come on. Good. That is really good. I'd love to kind of ask one more question before I, I ask Jose to kind of close this up. And and that is kind of this idea of a body. And as a group, I know it's neat. The Bible uses the example that we're all a body and have little pieces to play. It's not like you're a lone ranger that can solve all the problems in the community and it's all up to you, but we get to play a part as a team. So I'd love to hear just the three of y'all's kind of maybe experience as you've witnessed groups together. And just even as you are a part of a team, what that has looked like as far as being able to love and and serve those around you. So instead of just someone overwhelmed saying, oh, it's all up to me, but instead realizing that there's just so many ways in which you can involve friends or community, all of that to to love people around you. I think it's really important to know that we aren't um, the only ones that can serve or meet a need because then what ends up happening is we actually end up taking Jesus's place as the savior and as the only one that can help. And so I can think of a time in my life when we were fostering um, you know, our first little baby boy and it was time for him to go home. It was not the best circumstance. It hurt a ton, but ultimately I realized that was just a small part of his life where I got to care for him, love him, meet that need, and then release release him to God because he and he alone is his savior. And so recognizing that we play a small, small part of God's big plan, I think is a really healthy thing as we meet needs and care for people because it is a community body act, not just an individual yeah, act. Totally. 
Totally. That's why the organizations is not just one people. That's right. It's everybody. So yeah. everybody covers one need, not with their heart and with their connection. No, like talking about me, I don't want to talk about me, but my, my part in Amigos de Jesus is because I speak Spanish. No, I can have that connection to the guys. No, there's another people who doesn't speak Spanish and they then do another stuff. So it's it's a group, definitely. We you, we cannot do it just ourselves. No. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I feel like we could keep talking on and on, but it was so great to have y'all with us. And Jose, I'd love to give you kind of the final word and kind of just maybe recapping both this message as well as we continue the It's Simple series. Here's what I'm going to do instead of that. <laughs> I'm going to thank you both, Susan and mom, for being incredible, loving examples of what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. You know I love you, but I also love uh, what an example you are to our kids and our community, our church body. And uh, we are better because of the way that you love others. And so if you're listening and you want to know more about how to meet needs, I'm calling these two women out. <laughs> Seek them out, learn from them. They know a lot about uh, the community, specifically here in Wimberley. And uh, together, yeah, we can make a bigger difference than if we were on this road on our own. All right, hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.